Located at the top of Wisconsin, Bayfield County is considered by many of the locals to be the wild side of the dairy state. This is a place of majestic beauty with national treasures that include the Apostle Islands, the natural wonders of its sea caves, and rugged sandstone cliffs that frame the clear waters of Lake Superior. This is Bayfield County Wild. Hello everyone, I'm Nancy Christopher, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mary Motif, Director of Bayfield County Tourism. How are you, Mary? I'm great, Nancy. How about yourself? I'm great as well. Thanks for asking, Mary. We call Bayfield County wild because it's truly a geographic wonder that people like to explore in many different ways. If you love Bayfield County, you probably love the great outdoors. But this time of year, even the hardiest of outdoors people like to spend a little time indoors. And we've got just the place. We're going to talk about what you'll find at Eccles Pottery and Fine Craft Gallery and chat with the owner. But first, if you're planning to visit Bayfield County this summer and are considering camping, now is the time to start planning. That's right. And what's the best way to check out campsites, Mary? So we have many different things. We have a list on our business directory that you can search by topic. So you can search for all the campgrounds and you just get a list of them all with information and contact information. We also have on our website an interactive map where you can see all of the different campgrounds and um, locate them on the map, which helps give you a visual of where they are and see if it's where you want to be, in addition to having a photo and, and more contact information. And then we also have a brochure that we just updated, and it's a really, really popular brochure. People like to request that, and we will mail it out to you, or we have a PDF version that you can download. And it's it's a nice list that has them grouped by type of campground, because if you're a camper, you generally tend to like the same type of campground. So there are people who prefer public campgrounds. There are people who prefer private campgrounds. Um, some of the amenities may be different, you know, at one versus the other. Can you describe some of those different camping experiences that you can do up in Bayfield County? Yes. There are somewhere around 30-plus campgrounds in Bayfield County. And so it runs the gamut from really rustic and out there camping on one of the Apostle Islands, where you're wilderness camping or in the Rainbow Lake wilderness area, to really a lot of amenities and cushy kind of camping at Um, some of the private campgrounds, including, um, I'm thinking of the one at Legendary Waters Resort and Casino. They have a campground right next to the casino that's right on the lake. And it's kind of nice because... (laughs) That's real camping, right? Well, it is. I mean, gamble a little bit, then I go out to the campfire, right? And then you can go... (laughs) You can. And they have showers right in there for the, the people who are camping there. They can come in their own entrance and use the showers and then you can go and have dinner, you know. So you can have the camping experience, but also the resort experience. So really any kind of camping you want, you're going to be able to find up here. Do you guys have glamping there? The closest thing we have to glamping are the yurts, I would say. We don't don't have much beyond that for glamping, but that's a really great way to get the camping part where you're out in the great outdoors, but you have, you know, a mattress that you're sleeping on and a wood stove to keep you warm if it gets a little chilly. You know, the, the yurts are a great option for that. So can you pick your campsite on most campgrounds or are they randomly assigned to you when you make a reservation? So again, it varies. Some campgrounds, you can't even make a reservation. And that gets challenging because they fill up on popular weekends in the summertime. And so you want to make sure that you get up here 
maybe midweek or something or, or come on a Monday when your chances of getting a site at some of those campgrounds are better. But there are some that you can reserve ahead of time. And some of them, like the National Park, I think you can go on recreation.gov now and reserve campsites for later in the year. And those, they you know, they have a pretty advanced system where you can go and and look at the campsites and, and choose the ones that you want. So it really varies a lot depending on if it's um, part of a bigger system like that. Yeah, and as you said earlier, this is the time to be doing it right now. Now is the time to think about what you want to do because either you want to be able to get in there and make your reservation now, like with the National Park Service, or know what you want so that when it's time to make your reservation, like the county campgrounds, they don't start taking reservations until April, but you can research it and, and look, exactly. at the, look at the information ahead of time and, and know what you want so you can pounce on it. And what's the average cost of a campsite? So it ranges anywhere from 12 or $15 is our lowest cost campsite to up to around 30 for, you know, like a full service where there's electric and water hookups and, and all of that. And that's and incredibly buildings. reasonable. It's so reasonable. It's unbelievable. So if people want to do their own research, you do have the new brochure available. We do. And so you can just order that right from our website or you can give us a call, send us an email, just get in touch and we'll, we'll get you the new brochure one way or another. And what's that phone number? Uh, 715-373-6125. And what's the link to the interactive map? That is right on our landing page. When you go to travelbayfieldcounty.com, right on that landing page will be a link that you click on this graphic for the interactive map and it'll take you right to it. All right. Well, thanks, Mary. Absolutely. When we come back, we're going to talk to Dee Dee Eccles. She's the owner of what is affectionately referred to, or at least used to be referred to as the pot shop. No, it's not a cannabis store, but a beautiful pottery and fine craft gallery. So don't go away. The Mogachine Resort is a traditional Wisconsin resort featuring comfortable cottages and cabins with breathtaking sunsets on Lake Nemecagan and boat rentals right on site. Located among Cable's scenic trails, which are regarded as some of the best in the United States, Mogachine's 12 lakeside rentals offer easy access to fishing, boating, kayaking, canoeing, pontooning, and swimming. This four-season family resort is perfect for all ages, from kids and pets to honeymooners, retired couples, and snowmobile groups. The main building is equipped with an indoor heated swimming pool, sauna, and game room, as well as a guest launch with fireplace. For availability and more information, find them on Facebook or go to www.mogachine.net. Voted the number one snowmobile resort in the nation six times by Snowgoer Magazine, Lakewoods Resort in Cable, Wisconsin is next to more than 600 miles of super-groomed trails in Bayfield County. You can ride for a week and never cross your tracks. Lakewoods Resort offers a full-service snowmobile shop with light repairs, gas and oil, and Polaris snowmobile rentals. You can also enjoy cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, ice skating, or ice fishing right outside your door on Lake Namakagan. Lakewoods Resort has a variety of accommodations for from beautiful lodge rooms to condos, villas, and lake homes. Check them all out online at lakewoodsresort.com and let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Welcome back to Bayfield County Wild. Just south of Bayfield, there's a gallery that's played a key role in the arts movement in the Bayfield Peninsula. Here to talk about her family's legacy is Dee Dee Eccles, owner of Eccles Pottery and Fine Craft Gallery. It's nice to have you with us, Dee Dee. Well, thank you very much. It's very nice to be here today. 
You know, Eccles is a family business. Tell us about its history and significance to the arts community in Bayfield County. Sure. My family arrived here back in 1960. My father was hired to start an art department at Northland College in Ashland, Wisconsin. And my dad is a potter, a sculptor. He was a jeweler. Uh, he was really talented in many different areas, but his, his passion was making pottery. And at that time, one of his best friends, Glenn Nelson, who was a professor over um, at KUMD in Duluth, they decided to build a pot shop on the shores of Lake Superior. You can imagine how well that went over at the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he was able to convince the bank to give him a small loan, and from that point, Point on. He built a small pottery. It was picked up and moved from the Ashland area um, in 1962 and moved to Bayfield, um, where it currently still is located. Was there a reason for moving? Um, you know, primarily, I think my, my parents both really saw, uh, once the National Park moved in, the potential that Bayfield was, uh, the growth and potential of that area. And they absolutely loved it. And it was, it, you know, it really influenced them in terms of their artwork and their aesthetics. So I think, you know, that was the primary drive. But I have to share a little memory as a child. I remember when the flatbed truck came to pick the building up and move it to Bayfield. They put it on the back, and it was so heavy that they could, the front end of the truck came off the ground, and so they had to get a bunch of big guys to sit on the front of the truck so they could steer this truck all the way to Bayfield. Boy, that wouldn't happen today, No, would it? it wouldn't happen today, but it must have been quite a sight back in those days. Was it made of stone or something? No, or? it was just a, you know, a building. Apparently, the truck wasn't quite able to, to handle it. I guess not. But so once, once um, we re- relocated to Bayfield, my dad became very involved in the chamber and started uh, the Tri-State Arts Fair, also helped start the Bayfield Artists Guild, and then ran an apprenticeship program where he pulled in students from all over the country to come and study with him. Uh, and that went on for, all, well, it went on till 2004 when he passed away. So he was, you know, he educated just a tremendous uh, number of people, both in this area and potters who are now all over the country. Well, the apple certainly doesn't fall far from the tree because you've actually followed in your dad's footsteps. Yeah, I have. It really kind of surprises me (laughs) to this day. It wasn't what I set out to do. I actually studied music for the most part in my early years, but I I grew up in a studio and with all sorts of potters, and I think it just got into my blood in here. I am 40 years later still making pots. So tell us what your specialty is and have things changed since you took over the gallery? Oh boy, things constantly change for me. I uh, <laughs> uh, Both, uh, you know, my methodology, my what influences me. I am not a person who can just sit and mass produce large amounts of things that are the same. I am constantly experimenting with new glazes and techniques. It can be a downfall at a certain point. I wish I could just stick with one thing and be happy, but that's that doesn't necessarily happen. But I have worked with uh, porcelain, which is a type of clay. It's a primary clay. It's the white clay. I have worked with that clay for many, many, many years, practically since I started working on my own. I do everything from functional to one-of-a-kind pieces. I'm probably best known for the animal imagery and the Northwood images that I use on my pots at this point in time. Yeah, you know, I was looking on the website, and those wildlife drawings, they're so vivid and beautiful. Oh, thank you. 
What kind of technique does it? How would you describe how sure. you do this? Because it's, I mean, it really is unique. Thank you. So I start by throwing a piece, um, trimming, letting it bone dry, and then I st- actually stain the clay body, which is porcelain. And then I go in and I start drawing and try to create a composition that fits the forms that I'm working on. And um, I take a sgraffito tool, and then I start to carve in to create uh, line images around the shapes that I've colored in with different uh, underglazes and stains. Then I'll oftentimes also stamp the pieces. I will use a slip trailing technique, anything that I can create a, a very involved surface. And they truly are small paintings on the side of a functional piece of pottery. Then they're uh, fired in what we call our bisque kiln that takes them up to 1750 degrees, um, 1750 degrees. When they come out of there, I do the finishing work where I take over glazes and actually paint over some of the areas that I have hand painted earlier. And I use a liner glaze on the inside, which makes them completely functional and useful. They're fired to 2300 degrees, so they're, they're meant to be used. They go into this second firing and hopefully, you know, five, six weeks later, we have a finished pot. All that, Dee Dee, there's no way you could do a mass reproduction of something. I mean, there's a lot involved there in what is. you do. How long does it take to create one piece? 40 years so far. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, You know, from beginning to, I work in series. So, you know, I've been asked that question many times and I'm like, okay, how would I put the minutes together? But I would say I have two weeks of work in each piece, but because of the firing process, that will be staggered over six to eight weeks um, before that piece is completely finished. I fill a kiln once a month. My husband and I uh, fill a 30 cubic foot kiln. And so all of the pieces we make have to go through these sequences and before they can actually come out of the kiln complete. Now, it's interesting you mentioned your husband, Pete. His name is Pete Score. That is, is that correct? correct? Yes. Well, things kind of changed at the gallery when he, when you met your husband. Can you tell us how things have changed since he's come into your life and joined you at the gallery? Oh boy, what a dream come true! <laughs> yeah, you know, people. My girlfriends often ask me, "How did I ever manifest that?" But somehow it happened, and you know, we really needed to evaluate our business plan because, you know, as much as I am a potter, I'm also a business person. I have to make a living. And so we started inviting a lot of other, both local artists, regional and national artists into the gallery. So that is why we now call it a fine craft gallery as well as a pottery. If you were to walk through the doors today, you would see not only our beautiful handcrafted pottery, but local jewelry and hand-blown glass and beautiful pieces made out of wood and garden sculpture and art. So we really changed the whole format from just being a pottery and now we've turned it into a pottery and a craft, fine craft gallery. You work with about 40 different artists. Yep. How did you attract them to your gallery? Um, well, I used to do a lot of big shows. I did all the American craft, fine craft shows years ago. And the Smithsonian show was one I did. And I was included in other galleries and things in my earlier career. And so I met a lot of these just incredible American craft artisans. And, um, you know, a lot of people do wholesale work and they want their work to be out and about beyond their own scope or reach. And so I was able to contact many of these people. I do a lot of searching 
searching on the internet for other galleries, other artists that they have. I mean, it's a, it's a challenge and now more than ever because I have so many people in the gallery. It's hard to find new, fresh artwork. You know, I want to keep it fresh in the gallery. I don't want people to come in and see the same thing year after year. But it, it is getting a lot harder. But people that do wholesale their work, they both contact me and I reach out to them. And then I also reach out into our local community to find um, local artists who would like to be part of the gallery too. That's one of the great things about Bayfield County. There are so many artists. Isn't up there. that amazing? I, you know, and I attribute really a is. lot of that to my dad. And when he came in, he opened the door uh, for the whole arts community to grow here many, many years ago. So do you offer any classes or demonstrations for the public? We do individual personal classes. My husband loves to do that. He's a teacher at heart. And I have taken, you know, I'll do school classes, come in and do uh, last year, year before I did the Washburn High School came over and we did a a big project outside with our raccoon kilns. And then once a summer during Arts Week in Bayfield, we open up our raccoon area and we do a firing with the community that is just a hoot. People come, we teach you how to decorate and glaze and fire these pieces, and everybody leaves with a beautiful little gem. You can see some pictures of that on our new website, and that's in the summertime, and that has really grown over the years. I wanted to do a real hands-on kind of event for that week, and so it's it's just become a really wonderful way to include our community in what we do. And Raku, does that mean something? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Raku is the process originated with the Korean potters where they needed to mass produce many, many cups and utilitarian things. So they created this very gritty clay body that they could throw into a hot kiln and pull out very quickly. Well, the Japanese adopted that same technique and really began to perfect that and use it in their tea ceremony vessels. They would make these things called little unomi cups. Uh, you've probably heard of the tea ceremony. There's very specific things that they would use these little raku cups for. And then back in the 50s and 60s, some American guys got a hold of the technique and we completely Americanized it. It can be very decorative and glitzy. It can be very earthy. The reason I use that technique is because it's very immediate. Within two hours, I can have a student from beginning to end walking out the door with a beautiful piece of pottery. And that oftentimes is life-changing for some people. Yeah, and anybody can do that. You mean, you could even do that with I me. I do it with grandmas and grandpas. I do it with three and okay. four-year-olds. You know, we have a beautiful area out in front of our shop with gardens and picnic tables. People will come and stay all day. They'll come and go. They'll watch the process, and then they bring their kids back. So it really is a neat activity for us. Nancy, I think this is calling your name. Time for a field trip. <laughs> that would I'll do fun. it with you. So what about the future, Didi? Do you have plans? Yeah, there's a Pete and Didi plan out there. We're, you know, it's always a plan in progress. But um, we're both in our 60s now. And uh, my husband currently teaches full-time at Northland College. And when he can have a chance to back off teaching full-time. We want to go back to being a pottery in a teaching studio. That would be our ultimate goal uh, probably in the, within the next 10 years is uh, really scale back the retail because retail just takes so much of my time. I have some great employees. They do a fantastic job. I wear 10 hats to run a small business and 
try to be a potter. So if I could, you know, scale back the retail, go back to a pottery studio where Pete and I could make solely our own work. And then I have a section of my studio I'd like to turn into a teaching studio. So we're looking forward to that stage of our life. Uh, It's coming. We're not there yet, but we're getting close. But you're getting close. With all the creativity you have in your family, are there others uh, who want to carry on in your footsteps and keep this tradition going? You know, I wish I could say yes to that. (laughs) All the grandchildren are off doing other things. My daughter studied biology, and she's a teacher now, thanks to the beautiful Bayfield High School Science Department. She just took off in science, although she's still very creative, but she headed off in a completely different direction. Well, sometimes it skips a generation, so maybe it'll be back soon enough. Maybe so, maybe so. And I do have a couple other nieces and nephews, one who is really creative, but she's a little too young yet to really plug into our our wonderful pottery tradition. So where exactly is your gallery located? Okay, well, first of all, we have a new website. It's EcclesPottery.com. We are located on the south edge of Bayfield as you're just coming into the city limits. We're on the left-hand side, and you will see a gigantic stoneware jug sitting out in that yard. Weighs two tons, holds 535 gallons. (laughs) So when I say gigantic... Who put that that there? That came from the old dupe. Pont plant down the road when they used to make bombs. Oh back uh, during World War II. And there were three of them in the area. My father was lucky enough to acquire it way back when. And it has been our symbol emblem out in front of our shop for 55 years. So you cannot see that and not know that you're at Eccles Pottery. (laughs) Right. Well, the name of your shop is Eccles Pottery and Fine Craft Gallery. Thank you so much, Dee Dee, and best of luck to you. Well, thank you, and I really appreciate having the opportunity to chat with you today. Thanks so much. See you later, Dee Dee. You're very welcome. When we come back, Mary is going to recommend some great things to do in Bayfield County, so please stay with us. Located on the shore of Lake Superior, near the Northern Great Lakes Visitor Center, the Apostle Islands, and Big Top Chautauqua, the Quality Inn gives you plenty of opportunities to enjoy outdoor activities and adventures. Begin your day with a satisfying breakfast in the Lake Rock Cafe, which offers a convenient breakfast to go for those who have a busy, action-packed day ahead of them and are pressed for time. At the end of the day, you can unwind and have a drink in the lounge. Guest rooms feature premium bedding, a flat-screen TV, refrigerator, microwave, coffee maker, hair dryer, and desk. Rooms with sleeper sofas, a lake view, and poolside rooms are available. If the weather doesn't cooperate, the indoor swimming pool and whirlpool are great places to relax. Enjoy the combination of friendly service and comfortable accommodations at the Quality Inn Hotel in Ashland. Reserve your room today. You can find the Ashland Quality Inn on Facebook or at choicehotels.com. Legendary Waters Resort and Casino brings fun and excitement to Bayfield County's nightlife. On the shores of Lake Superior in Redcliffe, the hotel offers 47 deluxe rooms and premier suites, each with a Lake Superior and Apostle Islands view. The casino has 24-7 entertainment, featuring all of your favorite slot machines and table games. The entertainment center hosts events all year long. With a restaurant on site, it's the perfect place to host an event. An RV campground and marina are also on the property. Visit Legendary LegendaryWaters.com for more details, including special promotions. We are back with what to do this month. Mary, what tops your list of things to do? Well, it just so happens that we have a brand new Discover Wisconsin episode out this month. It airs February 2nd, and it's my birthday. It's technically, I think I mentioned that oh, last month, too. Oh, that's right. 
great. So <laughs> any way to celebrate, I, I'll bring it up. So it's not technically an event, but it kind of is an event because it's a new episode and it's highlighting all of the incredible silent sport trails that we have up in this area. And it's a really great episode. We had a premiere party and got to see it before the launch. And it's, yeah, they it's do really a, a... They do a really nice job with those Discover oh, Wisconsin segments. They really do. It, it's, it's awesome. So that's, uh, that's kicking off the month, but we have we have so many events in February and a few of them are happening at the same time. So that first weekend, the same weekend that Discover Wisconsin airs our episode. And my birthday. And your birthday. <laughs> uh, we have a red wine weekend at the old Rittenhouse Inn. So maybe you should yeah, that's for that for me, and celebrate. And then that same weekend is a retreat yourself Women's Wellness Day at the Harborview Event Center here in Washburn. There's also an all sports party at the Mount Valhalla Recreation Area. And there's the Mount Ashobay Summit Ski Race that weekend and an ice fishing contest. There is a lot with, going on. I know, right? With good old Chopper's Bar and Grill. And then it's also the same weekend as the Apostle Island Sled Dog Race, which is a huge event. I know. I want to see that. I really do. One of these years, we're going to get you up here on your birthday to see the sled dog race. Uh, I want to go on dog a, sledding. So that's that my too. bucket list. Um, so all of that is happening the first week of February. Then later on in the month, we've got another ski race, the North End Classic Ski Race, which is down in Cable on a beautiful trail. And they have a nice warming cabin there. That's actually down by where one of the county rustic yurts is located. Um, Beautiful place to ski. And then the Birch Grove Kids Ice Fishing Contest is happening in Iron River that same day on the 10th. The following weekend, there's another new sled dog race in the area. It's the Northern Pine Sled Dog Race. This is based out of the Northern Pines Golf Course. And one of the Iditarod racers is helping plan this first uh, sled dog race out of Iron River, and it's going to be a blast. There's, they're going to have things going on all day long for families and everybody to come out and participate in and, and watch the uh, sled dog teams race out at the golf course. Do people kind of line up all over the golf course to see them run, or are they usually just at the beginning and the end? So at the Apostle Island sled dog race, it's the beginning and the end, but then there's also a couple of spectator locations throughout the course because that's a really large race area. Out at the golf course at this Northern Pines, I think that you'll get to see more of it happening throughout the golf course, you know, because I think they're doing some loops. It's a new one, though, so I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So I can't tell you for sure. And then that's the same weekend that Book Across the Bay happens, which is a huge event. It's one of the the Midwest's, if not the nation's largest cross-country ski events. And you go from Washburn to Ashland across Frozen Lake Superior, which is really, really cool. They have, what are they called? You know, like the ice candles lighting the way all the way. And there's different stations. There's different stations along the way. They... They usually have this dragon out there with flames coming out of it. I mean, just really cool stuff to see as you're going across the ice. Ooh, that sounds like fun. It's And then at the end, they have a big party at the end in a tent with, you know, beer and chili and fireworks. And it's really cool. Anything else we should know about? Of course. So <laughs> I think it's that same weekend is the Drummond Snowjacks annual barstool races. And that is oh, a fun Oh, now that's event. exciting. <laughs> it is. It's, it is exciting. <laughs> so they, they deck out barstools in different themes and, and race them down the hill behind the Black Bear Inn in Drummond. And then the day after the book across the bay, they actually have the bike across the bay so that you can get out on your fat bikes and ride your bikes across the frozen ice from Washburn at 
goes out and loops around and comes back again. Very cool. It is very cool. And then um, the following weekend is the big deal American Berkebiner ski race. Right, right. Big that's, deal. That's the biggie. And that starts in Cable and ends in Hayward. And then there's a couple of other events that go along with it. Um, you can do the Cordelopit, which is you know, like half the length of the Berkebiner, or there's some fun kids events. There's the Barna Berkey. So, so many people come to participate in that. And then that weekend, if you don't want to be in Berkey fever madness that weekend, you can instead do the candlelight trek over at the Iron River National Fish Hatchery. They have some nice trails over there. Wow. So there's a lot going on in February. Uh, do I dare ask what we're going to do next month? <laughs> yeah, next month we're going to talk with Emily Stone, who's a naturalist with the Cable Natural History Museum. And that is a really cool place that has so many things going on. It'll be really great to chat with her and, and find out what they have going on. And what is a naturalist? Um, a naturalist is someone who studies nature. Okay. Um, you know, really, basically. And, um, and so... Depending on, you know, she leads walks and talks about all different topics, you know, looking at wildflowers, looking at wildlife, teaching people about things that they normally maybe wouldn't notice while they're walking around and experiencing nature. Well, if you like studying nature, there's really no better place to live than Bayfield County, right? That is for sure. All right. So we'll look forward to that. And if people need more information about all the things you talked about, where should they go? Definitely visit TravelBayfieldCounty.com. Um, we have lots and lots of information on our website. And also follow us on Facebook um, for the latest and greatest tidbits and events. Great. And it's really important for us to hear from you. So if you like what you've heard today, we'd love to have you share, review, and subscribe to Bayfield County Wild. And of course, if there's anything you'd like to know about today's episode, we'll have all the links and resources available in our show notes. And on behalf of Mary and myself, thank you for listening to Bayfield County Wild. Bye-bye. <laughs>